My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Good morning. Happy Father's Day to all of our fathers here. Um, as you can see, I'm not Jim, and uh, I thoroughly apologize for that, but you know, hopefully we can take care of you today anyway. Um, we are going, we are still in Philippians chapter 3. Ideally, we're going to uh, finish up chapter 3 today, as well as hit that first verse in chapter 4, um, page 72 in the green book is where we're going to start. So starting with reading chapter 3. In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a safeguard for you. Watch out for the dogs, watch out for the evil workers, watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel, in the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew Hebrew born of Hebrews, that's hard, regarding the law, a Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. But everything that was gained to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing knowledge of of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, Assuming that I will somehow, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, Let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that I may live, that that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame, and they are focused on earthly things. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for the Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body, by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. So then, my dearly loved and longed-for brothers and sisters, my joy and my crown, in this manner, stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. All right. So before we get into um, verse 20, I actually want to recap a little bit um, verse 19, just because the structure of how Paul is setting up the end of this chapter is a way that he's comparing and contrasting between the two, right? Uh, So we talked last week, their destiny is their destruction. Their God is their stomach. Uh, As we would say today, they follow their heart. 
their glory is in their shame and their mind is on earth. Contrasting with that, we have what Paul says about followers of Christ, citizens of heaven. Our destiny is heaven, right? Um, Their God is their stomach, so they follow their body, they follow their heart, but our humble body will be transformed. Their glory is in their shame, but we're covered, will be covered in the glory of Christ Jesus. Their mind is on the earth, or our mind is on Christ's return. And so what we'll focus on today, um, you'll see a theme in our personalizations and applications. By the end, if you're not shouting it back to me, I've done my job wrong. So that's, but we're going to focus on our focus, okay? Um, So last, or I guess two weeks ago, I spoke to my family reunion. There were probably, what, 50 people in the room. I got so nervous. I was talking about 10 verses and spent... 10 minutes. Uh, Forgot everything. Uh, So we have three verses today. Uh, We'll be in plenty of time for service. Trust me. (laughs) Um, But actually, our first first section is our citizenship is in heaven. uh, I can actually go on a tirade about this one for probably 30 minutes on its own. Uh, You could write books about our citizenship being in heaven and what that means. Uh, there is an importance to Roman citizens, right? A Roman citizens, a, a Roman's citizenship was very important to them. It gave them opportunities. It gave them passage across Rome. Paul uses it. He's using it right, or he used it earlier to uh, request a, an audience with Caesar because he. Um, he was in jail, right? So Paul uses that Roman citizenship. It's very important to him. Then we also have to look at the Philippians, right? What is, what is Philippi? Do anybody remember what the nickname was that we used earlier? Little Rome, exactly. Philippi was a Roman colony built mainly by former, former or current members of the military. Hey, Mitch, how do military members feel about their patriotism? It's a big deal, right? And so when Paul is coming in and saying, our citizenship is not in Rome, our citizenship is in heaven. It's almost heresy. And it would be to some of these people that are, that are hearing it. Um, you also have to remember that Caesar, and we'll get into this a little bit later too, Caesar was a god. So denouncing Roman citizenship and accepting Christ's citizenship was denouncing Caesar as the God. Paul knew this when he was writing it, obviously. You know, he, I, I think we've covered several times in here, he does not mince words. He does not, he chooses his words carefully. Um, where I could go on a tirade, I'm, I'm just going to get on my soapbox for just a minute, is how this applies to us. Now, bear with me, but God's not a Republican. God's not a Democrat. God's not part of the Green Party or a Libertarian. Uh, He might be a part of the American Solidarity Party, but, you know, that's a little iffy. Um, God does not play in our politics, right? He is not political. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are here temporarily on this earth. Should we vote our conscience? Yes, absolutely. Um, Should we try to improve our world? Absolutely. But this isn't our home. And we need to remember that um, as we're talking to each other, as we're talking to non-Christians, that this is temporary. 
So as, as Paul says in Romans 8.28, I think everybody can probably quote this with me. All things work together for the glory of God. So our first application, we're not of this world. Personalization, live like it. Uh, moving on, and uh, bear with me because I'm not following the green book very well, but I'm working on it. Um, and we eagerly wait for a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the word here, eagerly await, is not a, is not a, a side note. This is not, you know what, I'm kind of waiting for lunch while we're here at church. I'm, you know, waiting for the kids to get home, but I'm just, you know, hanging out, right? This is a passionate, I'm watching the door, okay? I'm, I'm watching, waiting. This is my primary. We're eagerly awaiting. This is not a passive verb that Paul is using here. So we need to be focused on heaven. We need to be focused on Christ's return. Uh, one other th- word that Paul uses here is savior. Uh, what you don't see a lot in the early writings of the church is the use of the term savior, even when working, uh, talking about Christ. The reason being is that God's little G's at the time were often called savior. And so you didn't often want to connect our religion, our true God with these little G gods, right? So you don't see that very much. So why does Paul use it here? Why is this different? Remember, we're talking to the Philippians. We're talking to Roman citizens who see Caesar Caesar as a savior. And so this is another little dig, another little dig right in there that Caesar is not Lord, that Jesus is Lord. And so he wants to make sure it's super crystal clear that we are not of this world and we're not, uh, we should be focusing on heaven. I thought it might be a good idea to go through a few other places where um, this eagerly awaiting is used. What else are we eagerly awaiting? Um, In Romans, we're waiting for God's son to be revealed for adoption and what we cannot see. In 1 Corinthians, we're eagerly awaiting the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Galatians, we're we're eagerly awaiting the hope of righteousness. In Hebrews, we're awaiting, eagerly awaiting Christ's salvation. These are things we need to be watching for. Everything else is secondary. So second application, Christ is coming back. Personalization, live like it. All right, so. He will transform, I believe we're on the next page of the green book, 74 here. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body. So I just want to take this time while I'm here in front of everybody to call dibs. Okay. Uh, I get this one. Um, I don't think Ryan Reynolds is going to actually uh, worry about it. So that's, I'm I'm just calling dibs. That's my glorious body. That's all. That's application. Um, <laughs> kidding, of course. Um, there is some debate here, some questions about you know, what Paul is actually saying here. Is 
are we all going to get brand new bodies? Are we all going to look like Ryan? Oh, are we going to look like Ryan Reynolds? Uh, Leslie, I hope you don't look like Ryan Reynolds. Um, there's a school of thought that this is talking more about the church as a whole. You know, the body of Christ will be glorified. The body of Christ will will bathe in His glory or be transformed. Uh, there's even a school of thought that, um, and this one's smaller, a little bit further out there, um, that we will actually all become one physical body and be the bride of Christ. Uh, two out of three, yeah, two out of the three of those, I think, have some merit um, and are great for more of an eschatological discussion about the end times and what's going to happen. Uh, but ultimately, what Paul is saying here and what he's trying to get across to the Philippians. Um, it, it's more of a, it's, it's good for a deep dive, but it's not his message, right? So he's, he's, not, he's not getting into end times. He's not really getting into what, uh, what's going to happen then. Um, what we do know about this, and he uses this transformation. Uh, my first thought was to go, oh, is this like the transfiguration? Or, or are we using the same words here? Is this, you know, that glorious body? And no, it's not. Uh, the word here for transform is used in, in various different places. Uh, but I wanted to point out that the transformation itself is passive. It's not something that we're doing to ourselves. Uh, we spoke a couple weeks ago about, ago about striving for sanctification. And that is, that is the work, some work that we're doing, but also resting in Jesus. This transformation, this uh, final sanctification of the church, of the body, uh, whether it's a physical body or whether it's the church or whether it's both, is done by Jesus, by God. This is not something that we do. Um, we can't get there on our own, right? And, and that's key. And that's, that's one of the things that I think Paul is, is trying to say here. So application, this life is temporary. Personalization, anybody want to take a guess? Live like it. Yes, thank you. Uh, application two. Okay. Application one, this life is temporary. Application two, this life is eternal. Live like it. Our next section, um, by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. Uh, I'm going to pull a Gary here. Anybody want to guess what the Greek says everything means? Everything, exactly. Thank you, David. You're always so good. Um, everything means everything. I, and I, I just think that's so cool. You know, there is, there's nothing that is not under God's reign. There's not an, anything that's not under God's realm. All things work t to good for the glory of God, right? Um, There is a question, and I think it's, a, it's an interesting thought experiment. Uh, where does this power come from, right? Uh, by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. Uh, you get into the, the nature of the Trinity, this, and I'll be honest, um, in some ways when you come to the nature of the Trinity, I'm like an agnostic Christian. I'm like, I don't know, but I'm okay with it. Um, I know that God is, uh, God is great. God is three persons. God is one. Uh, that's all I need to know. But yeah, there's a question here about 
does this power that subjects everything to Jesus come from God the Father, or is there a, is it all together? And I'm not going well. I didn't take very good notes here, so uh, we're just going to move on. I think it's, I think it's something to dwell on later today in the shower, or hopefully some of you took the showers already. Never mind. Um, (laughs) Application, our Lord Jesus Christ has power. Personalization, live like it. You know, I have more applications from this one section than I do notes. Uh, Application to everything, underlined everything, is subject to Jesus. And we live like it. Uh, So then, my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters, my joy and my crown, in this manner stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. Uh, chapter four, uh, this is the first verse of chapter four, and like as, as we spoke about, uh, it can be used at the end of chapter three, as it is in this pericope here, or in the first of chapter four. Why is that? Because it's a transition verse, okay? And, and it's actually a, a transition verse for the book of Philippians, right? Um, if, if Jim had written... Philippians, this is where he would say applications and personalizations. Because Paul, this is the application for what has come, um, come before. And chapter four gets into a bunch of personalizations. Okay, it starts off talking to two particular ladies that aren't getting along. Um, so anytime there is a therefore, you have to figure out what the there is for, right? Uh, the CSB translates it, so then... Uh, Other translations give us therefore, so that little colloquialism is one of my favorites. So because of what came before, because of the advance of the gospel, because of our sanctification, because of the focus that we have in heaven, the chart we had over here, because of those things, we stand firm, we persevere, and we live like it. Uh, I do want to take a minute to just highlight uh, some of the wording in this verse here. Uh, My joy and my crown, my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters. He is loving on these people. Paul obviously cares for these people, even the ones he doesn't necessarily like. Because you know there there was somebody that got on his nerves right? There's somebody that got on his, on his nerves. And yet, they're all beloved. They're all my joy and crown. Our application for this, Christians take joy in other Christians. So our personalization, I'm going to change it up on you. Take joy in each other, even if you have to search for a reason. <laughs> I know there's a, there's a few people, you know, you have to search for reasons. Um, I am way ahead of schedule, so I apologize about that. Uh, But I do want to read uh, something. Uh, Tony Merida and Francis Chan. uh, Here's a picture of them, if you want to see them. Uh, They are the authors of this Christ-centered exposition, which is a a series, obviously. uh, But for for Philippians, they are the authors here. And they say this 
they kind of wrap things up in a, in a much more succinct and um, nicer way than I can say it, um, obviously. Philippi was a Roman colony. It was a little Rome. When people visited, visited Philippi, they said, this reminds me of Rome. We noted, they noted this previously in Paul's exhortation in, verses, in chapter 1, verse 27. Only conduct yourself as a citizen in the manner worthy of the gospel. Paul is telling the Philippians that the church is a little colony of the kingdom of heaven. When you're in the presence of God's people and their values, and their lives, should, their lives should point to heaven. When you see people taking care of the vulnerable, caring for orphans, doing all that is good and right and true, giving to the poor, speaking edifying words to one another, outdoing one another, and showing honor, showing no partiality or racism, putting the needs of others ahead of their own, you should say, this smells like heaven. We should be giving the world a glimpse of what's coming in the future. We can show them that the, what the king is like and what the kingdom is like. People should look at the words and deeds of believers and say, you aren't from here, are you? And you can tell them, my citizenship is heaven. I'm just passing through. Um, I think that wraps it up into a nice, neat little bow, bow of what Paul was trying to get across to the Philippians here. Uh, true Christianity is an in, as an individual and as a church involves continual improvement and striving for betterment. In 1 John 3.3, 3, and all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. So our last application and personalization, continue to be changed and open to the change. In other words, live like it. Nobody yelled it out. You're supposed to yell it out, but that's okay. Live, thank you, thank you. Too late, but thank you. It's a mission th Michigan thing, I guess. All right. Um, is there anything you wanted to add? Yes. Okay. I can introduce myself. Yes. Why would I do that? I'm not Jim. That's what I said. I did introduce myself. I'm Josh Blair. Um, I've uh, been here at Stuart Heights for almost three years now. Uh, been in this uh, class for for a little while. Uh, almost two years. Uh, we have, you know, I, I led a Sunday school class at our old church. It was more of a uh, sit down and discussion. So standing behind a uh, podium is not my go-to normally. Uh, like when we teach children's church, the podium is, they don't like that. They think it's a little weird. Um, I brought it in the first time and they just, they're like, what's going on? Okay, uh, so your weekly updates are on the table. Don't forget to sign in. I know Julie's here taking role two, but you know, can always use a little bit of help. Um, read through it, pray as a table, and then we can go and keep our focus on our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.